What's up, everybody? This is Kenzie from A Girl, A Bay, and A Gray on Instagram, and you're listening to the Stir Up Conversations podcast. As the equestrian industry continues to evolve, more questions are being raised and more focus is being placed on the welfare of our equine athletes. I'm sitting down to discuss this progression, celebrate our accomplishments, form a tighter community, and hear from people in the industry on how we can continue to better ourselves and our horses. Hey everybody, this is Kenzie. Welcome back to the fourth episode of the Stir Up Conversations podcast. Today we are going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, which is Rian. Um, But before we hop into that, I just wanted to remind you guys to go ahead and hit the follow button as well as the notification bell so you never miss an episode. I also wanted to just put a little PSA out there. As of yesterday evening, it appears that my Instagram account, a girl, a bay, and a gray, has been hacked. I have contacted Instagram. I have filled out forms. At this point, it's kind of looking like it's a waiting game to see if I can get the account back. I'm not 100% sure, and to be honest, it's not sounding great, which is really disappointing. Um... But I just wanted to let you guys know that, obviously, my account may not be, may not be there. Um, I obviously will probably start up another one, but it's just really disappointing after all the work. So if I'm quiet on social media, that is why. So let's just hop right into Rian. Rian is hands down one of my favorite things to talk about. Not just because he's my horse and because he's my best friend and it's just hands down amazing, but because he is the poster child for what the racing industry should be. His story is filled with people who cared enough about him to make sure he had a soft landing and that when I say he is what the racing industry should be he really is he had so much time and effort poured into him and people who cared about him after he retired he didn't get lost if you get what I'm saying you know he wasn't one of those thousands of horses that just disappear because no one keeps track of them. People care enough to keep track of him. And he is, in my opinion, he's a better horse for it. So I'm going to start at the beginning. I don't want to get ahead of myself. And for me and for Re, beginning is December 2021. I had just recently taken my old thoroughbred Viserion down to training. So at the time it had been Viserion, my mom's horse Caspian, and a friend's horse that was just kind of living there rent free. Situation had gone bad. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna drag her through the mud, you know. I I don't want to take I don't want to speculate on why it went bad. But I was doing everything I could to help, including, like, paying 
to feed this horse. And it got to the point where it was just no longer sustainable to have him there when he wasn't my horse and I was constantly having to go buy feed for him because feed was not being provided. So that left me with a problem, right? Because Viserion is in training down in Florida and at least Cass had a friend, but now Cass isn't going to have a friend. Now, the thing you should know about Cass is I wasn't, I wasn't panicking because Caspian is a old saddlebred gelding who was rescued in 2012 from a severe starvation situation. He is, in my opinion, the only horse who could live a solitary life and be okay with it. He's done it before, so I knew he could do it again, but I didn't want him to have to do that. He loves his friends. But he loves people more, and honestly, that is the only reason that he could live without another horse. But obviously, I didn't want that for him. I wanted there to be a herd dynamic. And I had been thinking about adding an addition for a while, just so, you know, when my family wanted to ride or friends wanted to ride, I had another horse that we could actually go ride. So I decided that I was going to start just casually looking. And I looked for the better part of December. The, the week before Christmas, I had reached out to the manager, uh, the barn manager of Second Stride. And if you guys don't know who Second Stride is, they are a nonprofit organization located in Kentucky that basically rehomes off the track thoroughbreds. They make sure they have a soft landing. And so I've been, you know, I've been watching the website for a while and there have been a couple horses that have caught my eye. So I just reached out and wanted to talk to her about it. So the two mares that I've been interested in, she's like, you know, I will be honest with you. We do have people scheduled to come out and look at them. You know, it is a first come first serve. And I was like, well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to step in front of someone who sees a horse that they really really want especially because I'm not in a rush I still have a horse he is just in training so I went ahead and kind of just waited to hear and the next day she did you know call me and let me know that they had been adopted so I was like okay great so I will touch base with you after Christmas see if there's any horses that are coming in uh and then we'll we'll go from there so I'm not proud of this but literally December 26th (laughs) I texted her and I had a couple questions about a couple of the geldings there. So we ended up getting on a phone call and we were able to kind of break down, you know, what I was looking for in a horse versus what, you know, what were the characteristic traits of these horses. And even though they were really nice horses and I would have loved to, you know, provide them with a home, uh, one was extremely just kind of eh with other horses and the other one that I really liked had severe like social anxiety and anxiety about leaving his friends and I travel with my horses I take my horses places like I wanted you know I I didn't want that anxiety to hinder him or hinder us from doing things and it just also wasn't fair 
to put him through that if that was something that he just hands down couldn't handle. So the more we were talking, you know, I was like, okay, that's, that's fine. I'll just keep looking. And she goes, I have your horse. I was like, do tell me more. And she proceeds to tell me that he is a return, uh, but he is a five-year-old gelding and he's been, you know, obviously he's been at an adopter's home, but the situation went bad. He was returned severely emaciated and he's not available to the public right now because of how bad his condition was when he came back. And they've just been slowly kind of rehabbing him. At that point, he had gained about 100 pounds. But when I tell you he was still skin and bone, he was still skin and bone. So she was like, you know, I I typically wouldn't put him out there, but he sounds like he needs to go home with you. And I was like, what is his name? Like, can you send me pictures? And she's like, I don't know if you saw him before, but his name is Historian. And I freaked out. So I'm going to take you guys back to, uh, I want to say March of 2020. So we all know what that means. COVID had just hit. All that jazz. Right before COVID hit, I had been contemplating bringing home a thoroughbred. This was before I ever got the Syrian. And I had been looking at Second Stride and I had really, really liked two fillies and one gelding. But then obviously COVID hit. I couldn't leave Georgia and they got adopted. Amazing. Never thought about them again. The gelding's name was Historian. So I actually saw him on the website. I think he was posted in February. And when I wanted to go see him, boom, COVID. And again, I I never really thought about him again. And so obviously I knew exactly who she was talking about. (laughs) And I was so excited. I was like, you could just send me, you know, videos. I just want to make sure that like, he is, he's going to be okay coming home. I, you know, rehabbing a horse doesn't really scare me. Been there, done that. But I just wanted to make sure it was, it wasn't going to come with like a whole host of other issues. I wanted to know what I was getting into. So the following day she went ahead and sent me over a video and that was it. He was so pathetic (laughs) But it, it was him, and he was just, he's perfect. So I went ahead, and I was like, yes, 100% yes. And she was like, you know, perfect. She was going to get his vet work done, make sure everything was up to date. And so that was the 27th. So we agreed that, you know, based on my schedule, my work schedule, and her schedule, that I would go up the 30th to get him so typically there's like a holding fee but because he wasn't really up for adoption it it just worked out beautifully and she gave me such such like such a good deal (laughs) I can't even tell you guys like it was insane I paid almost nothing for him but she just wanted him 
to have, you know, a, a safe home. He'd already been through it. Uh, and she just wanted him to have the perfect home. So I went up and got him and he, ugh, he was so sweet. He was so skinny and he was so tiny. And I was like, he is little. And she was like, you know, I think, I think when I went and got him, he was maybe 15 too. But he looked so tiny because he was so emaciated. And it was just, it was so sad. He, he was so little and I was like, that's okay. Like, it's okay. <laughs> My 16-3 thoroughbred, he looked real tiny next to me. Um, but he loaded perfectly. He was such a gentleman. And we headed home. The ride home was really long. Um, I will just say, if you've traveled through Kentucky heading south, you might know what I'm talking about when I say the highways are absolutely atrocious. And with him in the trailer, we just wanted to be careful. So we were, we were driving very slow. Um, it took us 13 hours to get home. So fun. But we got him home and he was perfect the whole trip. And we got him settled in. And then I slept because <laughs> it was a very long trip. And in the morning, as soon as I went out to the barn, he nickered. And I was like, ugh, 100%, you were my horse. Like, I it just, from that point on, when I tell you that we have been inseparable, we have been inseparable. He is my shadow. He does everything with me. There is not one thing that I would not do with him. I trust him 100%. He has never put a, you know, put a hoof wrong. And he is just honestly the sweetest boy. He's six years old now. And he definitely has his six-year-old thoroughbred moments. And he definitely still thinks he's a stud. Um, not in, Not in a bad way by any means he is a perfect gentleman but just the testosterone level <laughs> is is pretty high and when he gets going it, it's full-on like stud show so with all that with all of that though he is so good at managing his energy like when he knows he needs to come down he comes down and uh like I said I I trust him implicitly. I have not felt that way about a horse in years. And he is that horse for me. So I started uh, rehabbing him. And he was super, super easy. Gained weight so quickly. I was honestly kind of shocked by how much he was gaining. Because, you know, when, when you have a starved horse, you build them up slowly. So you don't overtake their system or overwhelm their system. And... So he was getting a fraction of what, you know, he really needed to be getting, but I needed to build him up slowly and he was gaining weight on it. So, you know, for me, that was, that was a kind of a big sigh of relief just to know that there wasn't something else going on that was attributing to the emaciation besides the fact that he was infested with worms. So, you know, we got that taken care of we got him on a good diet and he just kind of took off from there 
And, you know, we had talked about it, but I was like, he's probably going to be a little stunted because during, you know, he was four. So he was still growing at that point when he was starved. So I really kind of thought, well, he probably won't get much bigger just because of what happened. And then he started to grow. He's still growing. He's, he is 16 too, the last time I measured him, which was two months ago. And I know for a fact he's grown since then. And he keeps bulking out. He's going through a growth spurt right now because you can, you can always tell because he gets really awkward and he like becomes a klutz. It's like he can't, he can't handle his own feet. Uh, but he's growing again. So we'll see. We will see what I am left with when he's done growing. Um, but he's a tank. He is the coolest ride. He just, ugh. Like, I, I wish you could all ride. Actually, I don't wish you could all ride him because that would be a lot. But I wish you could experience him because he is such an amazing ride. He is so level-headed. He's, he's just, he's brilliant. I love this horse. He know he... You know, you teach him something one time and he's got it. It doesn't, you don't have to like, you don't have to drill something into him. He is so on top of things. It's amazing. But when I say, you know, I want to go back to him being the poster child for what the racing, um, the racing industry should be. So the barn manager of Second Stride absolutely adored him. She had, you know, been involved with him the first time he was at the rescue, and she was obviously very involved when he came back. And she had really thought about adopting him out herself, but she wasn't in a position to at the time, which is why he came home with me. And when I tell you that she has kept up with him since since I brought him home, there is probably... There's not maybe two weeks that go by that we don't talk and she's on my Facebook. She is always seeing him, always asking about him. And the relationship there is just so sweet because there's someone else who loves him as much as I love him. And, you know, God forbid anything ever happened to me. He has a place to go, which is you know, that's huge for me, but also just his life on the track. I've been able to talk to his trainer's wife, as well as the girl who mainly took care of him through his training until he was sold. And he was, he's, he is quirky. He's still quirky, but apparently he was a very quirky baby. And just the time and effort that went into making sure that he had a good experience, no matter how he wanted to act, was just huge for me. They were, they were so mindful of him and made sure that he got the same care to the same level, even if they had to go about it in a different way. And I just, I just love that because it was very individualized for him. And he definitely prefers girls, but you know, he's, he's good with everybody, but it is just funny to see the correlation from when he was little and always preferred girls to now, and he still prefers girls. But, you know, it's just stuff like that, that 
I think a lot of people just kind of miss as far as the racing industry. I'm not saying the racing industry is perfect. And if you know anything about me, you know that I'm a huge advocate for making it better and making it an ethical sport again. But Rian was done right. And the people who have reached out to me about him genuinely care that he is okay. And they genuinely want to make sure that he stays that way. Even when he was injured, so he had fractured one of his front knees. I don't even know which one, to be honest with you, because when x-rays were taken, his knees looked normal. But there was a fracture at one point in time. I just, I just don't know which one. But by the time he was donated to Second Stride to be, you know, find his home, he was healed. So they, they literally, when he fractured his knee, they made sure that he was healed and he was okay before placing him, which is huge because, you know, it's easy, it's way easier to ensure a horse gets a good forever home when they are healthy and ready to go into a second career than when they're injured. And they paid the money to make sure that he was okay when they weren't going to get it out of him. So again, it's just, there are good people in the industry and I am lucky enough that he is a product of those good people. So moving on to now, um, he is definitely my go-to. Jess is doing amazing and they are absolutely in love and inseparable. And I think, you know, it helped her so much seeing the fact that he was so attached to us because she just mimics everything he does. And obviously, I'm going to talk about Jess in another podcast, but she was done right. When she was rescued, so much time and energy was poured into her and she retained it. But I definitely think that Rian and Cass helped in the adjustment process of her coming home. And it's been so sweet to watch him kind of take charge of the herd because for the longest time, him and Cash just didn't really have a hierarchy. It was really weird. It was a weird combination. It was very sweet. But they kind of just did things together. And Cass could move him. Rian could move Cass. It just didn't matter. There wasn't really like a leader. And then when Jess came, Rian kind of really stepped up and kind of took that leadership role without ever being aggressive or, you know, really upsetting the herd dynamic. It just kind of fell in place. And it's been really cool to watch him because he is so proud of them. It's so cute. And I swear, like, since he's done this and, like, I feel like the, the testosterone level has, like, gone up a little bit, he, his neck is, like, big and thick and he looks like a stallion and it's just it's so cute he's so proud of them and I think like that's what I love so much is he's just obsessed with them in the best way he's still okay to come with me and it's still like hi Ken's like there's it's not unhealthy or any by any means they're not they're not herd bound but he does love them 
so much and I just it just makes my heart so happy uh but yeah so my goal with him is dressage I'd also like to involve some working equitation I think that would be a lot of fun and he'd be really good at it physically um he's kind of that perfect build for whatever I want to do and I love English so much but I definitely want to kind of expand a little bit and I ride him western I ride him English it's just a saddle and he does perfectly well in both of them so I'd really just kind of like to see where we go I'm not gonna box him in or kind of just say like oh this is the only thing you're gonna do we're just gonna see and we're just gonna have fun and my goal is next year to take him and Jess out west to uh go trail riding we'll see how that goes um you know obviously I don't know what the next year holds but I am saving up for it and we are taking steps in that direction so if that works out that would be amazing if not we just keep working towards it because that is that is something I want to do so badly uh, I just love to take them out to like Utah or Wyoming even Oregon would be amazing and just go see the world so you know I don't have it like in cement what I want to do with him but I know honestly I just want to do everything with him he's just he is that horse that you can um so I am hopeful that next year we will be in the show ring doing some dressage tests so keep an eye out for that I am for the first time in years really optimistic about what my I guess you could say my equestrian life looks like it's been a long time coming and it's been a lot of work but I think he's going to be the one he's going to make the one he's going to be the one that makes it makes it happen so thanks for listening to my little rant about my heart horse and I will be covering Jess as well as the rescues in the next few episodes so keep an eye out for that as always and I will see you guys next time